0: the law of compounding, Leo.
1: Well, Albert Einstein once said that compound interest is the eighth wonder of the world, Trent, and he who understands it earns it and he who doesn't pays it. And it no better encapsulates the idea of reinvesting into an asset in order to generate even better returns into the future. And it's a great lesson that we should be teaching everyone, even our own kids. It's a great life lesson.
0: Okay, so reinvesting back into a share is what we're ta- or a business is what you're referring to there. Elio.
1: I come from a world whereby investors can choose to invest in any asset on earth. And the idea is, is should that asset generate a return, then you keep reinvesting back into that asset. Over time, that compounds, it grows. Mm-hmm. So that any future growth coming off a much larger base equals a much greater dollar return to you as an investor in the future.
0: Oh, I like it. We see with those shares that are going up on a, on a north, north trajectory over a long period. Um, that are obviously getting the uh, the growth in the share price, but also the reinvestment of the dividends back into that share, you get that beautiful exponential growth, don't you? How does that apply in business? We're talking about a business here uh, or a business owner or leaders in that business. How do they get that same magical effect in their own business?
1: Well, uh, just like an investor would invest in a share, a business owner is investing in their asset, which is their business and ultimately any amount of money that they're pouring back into their business is effectively a reinvestment so that the business itself continues to grow. And that in the future, the profit that it generates from a much larger base exponentially grows to a much uh, increased uh, size of wallet share. And I think it's important to note that whether you're a share on the stock exchange or mum and dad's vision chip shop, the basic principles are quite simple if you want to earn a much larger financial return into the future, it's not as simple as trying to discover the new wheel. What you can actually do, which is just as easy, is to reinvest back into your business, make it a better business. That allows it to generate more revenue. And then if you do it smart, basically you're generating much larger profits into the future, which grow exponentially, not just because of the growth, but because of the larger base that you've built.
0: The biggest expense that I see in business, Elio, with, the, with all of the organisations that we work with, I'm very lucky to work with, is people. So the reinvestment back into people where there's a huge opportunity for growth because a lot of businesses don't understand how to do that well. And that re- uh, applies to attracting and retaining the right people. We, in our language, Elio, we call them A-graders. But investing, mm-hmm. attracting and investing in A-grade leaders and A-grade people has to be one of the most powerful things you can do as an organization but it does it's not easy to do i know that but let's talk about the law of compounding when it comes to sales hmm. because at the end of the day a business will live or die by its ability to generate sales generate revenue and of course generate profit but sales is at the top of at the top line um, and without it you're in a lot of trouble So how 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 do we activate the law of compounding when it comes to sales?
1: If you've ever seen the great salespeople in action like yourself, Trent, you will know that the greatest salesperson isn't necessarily the one that is out there making the million calls, running helter-skelter in order to achieve the end outcome that their business is looking for. What they're doing is they're building strong, solid steps. They're growing their base, growing their recurring revenue base for two reasons. One, as their base of retained client grows, it brings in more money into the business. And then any growth on top of that adds an exponential element as well. Mm. So it's coming off a much larger base. And the other benefit, of course, being in referral business. Mm. Once you build a strong recurring revenue stream of loyal customers that are willing to advocate for you, you will find that not only will you be able to grow exponentially through additional sales outside of that group, but it's almost a self-fulfilling prophecy that your clients will do the selling for you. Combine those two together on a continuously growing client base, and you can see why sales is such an attractive profession to be.
0: Okay, Elio. Hallelujah, brother. Okay, so the reinvestment back into your customers. Yeah, you know, to me activates the magical law of compounding, you know, which, and again, that, but they need to be, it needs to be on, there needs to be an ongoing relationship and they need to be buying again and again and again. So you're getting that uh, annuity stream, you know, to, that is the law of compounding in my view, but how do you do it? You've got to, Hey, you've got to have A grade salespeople. You've got to be reinvesting back into those people that are engaging your customers. And you've also, which is in a form investing back into your customer, but you've got to be investing back into your customers. Yes. you know, not seeing them as a, uh, not just looking to always extract from them, you know, and that, that, that's a real trap, um, you know, this, this um, you know, acquiring customers filling the top of the funnel and you've got one coming in the top, one, one and you've got a, three holes in the bottom. So you've got your customers coming at, coming at the bottom because they're not retained. There's no customer love. There's no relationship. There's no proper account management. Um, and I think it's a real trap, isn't it? You're never going to get the magical law of compounding when you're not reinvesting back into your customers?
1: Very much. I mean, you don't have to be a share investor to invest and everyone's an investor. It just depends on where you decide to put that investment and ultimately the success of that investment will be governed by the returns you generate. And the good news is in sales, it's pretty transparent because there's always yes. a
0: scoreboard. Okay, good. Now, how, the question would be, how do we reinvest back into our customers? Now, from, from I think there's this, uh, extraction model we see a lot. Um, for me personally, you know, I take all of my key clients out to um, to lunch every Christmas. COVID made it very difficult. Uh, it's very difficult to have a six course meal over at Zoom uh, with with <laughs> wine and champagne, <laughs> Elieho, uh, or beer. So, you know, it's this. Oh, do we have the budget for that? Might be the question. Do you have the budget to do that? Well, hang on a sec. Why don't you take a little bit of what they've spent with you? You know, let's say they're spending 100000 or 50000 or 20000 Take a little bit of what they spent with you and give it back to them. <laughs> it doesn't have to be lunch, but it can be, it can be something else. You don't have to always look to extract. Our customers love it when we surprise and delight them, when we cut corners for them, when we make things easy for them, um, and when we go the extra mile for them. So that is the big question. Um, what are some of the ways that we can reinvest? That's just a, a very simple, one of the many ways that, that we reinvest. Um, do more than you charge for, Elio. That is a boom mm. philosophy. Always do more than you charge for, which, is, again, is another way of saying go the extra mile. That's a way to, to, um, to reinvest back into them. How do we reinvest we- back into our customers?
1: Well, I say don't discount as a way to uh, reinvest into your clients because, of course, we're talking about adding to a service.
0: Discounting actually
1: removes from
0: the service. Discount is the poor salesperson's friend earlier.
1: Oh, I'm glad to hear that because, yeah, that wouldn't surprise me at all because those, if you provide an element of support and service, investing in your clients rather than discounting for your clients, you immediately come from a position where you are solving their problem. You're helping them grow. Remember, if they're a client of yours, they're investing in whatever service or process that you're offering them. So what you want to do is make sure under all as much as you possibly can that that investment is worthwhile for them. Because if it is, then that investment of your time into their process is going to be a positive return for you Mm. as well. It's a circular argument, I know, Trent, but it's the power of compounding. This is it in action. love it. Constantly investing, reinvesting into your business, reinvesting into your process, your people, your customers, for ultimately a much larger uh, share of the wallet
0: moving forward. That's good. And we are talking B2B and B2C here. So it makes my, my own business is B2B, but we also work mm. in the in the B2C space with a lot of our clients. Now, this The rule of three, we talk about the rule of three, you know, the simple analogy, Elio, of going into a cafe, sitting down, getting the coffee, the coffee comes out, beautiful. You know, a little bit of coffee, cafe art on the top, your latte, sir, and they uh, walk off and you think, wow, that's pretty cool. A little bit of a heart on the top of the coffee on your latte and you look down, there's no bloody sugar. Sure. And there's no biscuit. The rage. I can see. Just the simple like stuff, the <laughs> complimentary value-add stuff that may cost a little bit. Is an example of reinvestment. Uh, that same cafe, you might get a great um, person behind the counter one day. You go back a week later, the same coffee, you've got someone different with a scowl on their face. That's again another example of having the right pe- investing in the right people to give your customers that continuity of service. That's a form of investment. There's lots of ways to invest. It depends on the business, and I, I, it's a really really interesting one. But this pain. Paying or investing in your people, Elio, you know, um, if, the biz- if the people are your asset, and I'm trying to put the stock market because I know you are an absolute genius. You've spent decades analysing businesses. You're all over the media as a commentator. Um, so I really respect your level of insight here. The paying or investing in your people. Now, there's a difference, isn't there?
1: I mean, immediately, often I hear business owners tell me, Trent, oh, I'm paying my staff X, Y, Z amount. And that almost creates in the mindset that it's a transactional, you know, you're paying for something and you're hoping for something
0: back. Mm, It's a transaction,
1: yeah. But that's not exactly why we invest in staff. Well, they're on the payroll. They're on the payroll. (laughs) Yes, that's true. But in essence, we are investing in them, investing in an expertise, investing Ooh. in filling the hole that we need Ooh. them to fill. Whatever the case is, we expect a return from the investment that we make into our people. Okay. And if we look at managing people from the perspective of, am I getting a return from my investment, rather than look at how much they're costing me. Because that's the default Mm. position for most business owners. Yes. How much are costing me? Yes. But the problem is, what do you benchmark that against? Whereas when you come from the world of investments, you have an expectations or an expected return that you hope to generate from your investment. Well, tackle it the same way when looking at your staff. What is the expected return? Do I expect the function to be fulfilled? Do I expect growth in a particular sales product by a certain amount of percent? Whatever that expectation on that investment becomes, it makes it a much more, um, uh, rather than transactional, it makes it you know, almost a financial sort of deal. And it really doesn't have to be mm. in terms of uh, share market related. It's mm. exactly the same. Whether you choose to allocate capital in a human being, a computer, and I know we've talked about that before, Trent, um, or whatever the case may be, either way, that investment needs to generate some sort of return. Mm, so leaders mm. or great leaders, A-grade leaders, will immediately know that they set their benchmarks for their uh, staff. And the A-plus leaders will then bring those staff on their journey as well so that they're invested in those targets as mm-hmm. well. Mm, so they mm. can not only become part of the process of growing the business, but see the end outcome and how that's going to help them in their own growth. Yes. Knowing that their investment in the business through their completion of tasks to a exceptional standard is ultimately going to lead to their benefit as well over the long run.
0: Hallelujah, Brother Elio. If you will never pay an A-grader, you will always invest in them. (laughs) Correct. That is it. That's the new quote. I'm going to type that down. That's going up soon. You'll never pay an A-grader. You will always invest in them. But um, if you've got A-grade leaders, they're out there, Elio. I consider you one of those. They're out there. If you've got A-grade, if you're investing and reinvesting back into your A-grade leaders, and they are investing and reinvesting back into your team, the law of compounding goes through the roof. A-grade people are reinvesting back into your customers.
1: That's the end of the loop.
0: I know businesses that have that dynamic at play, very successful organisations that have great people great customers and great leaders there's three dimensions to that isn't there that reinvestment strategy
1: and if you ask is that achievable well if you look around and find your successful competitors inevitably that's what they'll be doing Um, it's not always the competitor that has the best product no it's not always the competitor that has the largest marketing budget but Often it will be the competitor who invests more in that entire circular process to
0: cool.
1: <laughs> that is doing the best.
0: He who, he, or she who invests more wins.
1: <laughs> Elio, what do you think of that? Well, provided they're investing in good assets, and this is not in a bad asset. And this is where the leadership element comes in. So obviously, when it comes to the leader, their decision to make sure they've got A graders on board. Yes, you know the A grader. Leader that is then making sure that they've got the A grade team to deliver on the expectations of the A grade um, leader. Yes, and then you've got of course the last, which is the A grade sales team that aren't wasting time with time wasters, as it were, that are mm-hmm. delivering you know great service, closing sales, um, looking for additional add-ons to that, adding the value uh, to the client. Those three things work in circular and everyone always focused on where's the best place to invest, then that will ultimately lead to the best outcome for the entire group. And then yes. everyone Yes.
0: Oh, I think we're really tapping into some gold here. Those A-grade salespeople, I got asked by a, a, a customer yesterday for a quote. Mm. And this is to give you an A-grade response. I said, so you would like a quote? And his <laughs> response was, yes, please. So I said, okay, here it is. Confucius, he who learns but does not think is lost. He who thinks but does not learn is in great danger. The, <laughs> the customer that's laughed his head off. I said, You wanted a quote? Oh, I please. gave you a quote. I'm not going to, I know, great is just not going to give you a quote. Come on. Um, you, don't get a, you don't get a quote from a heart surgeon. Um, so that's,
1: oh, that's correct because you go to a heart surgeon to solve a problem. Solving problems. There's an immediate yes. need, there's an immediate fix. A greatest focus on that and they cling on to that for dear life and how yes. they can solve that problem. And then the price, uh, that's just an outcome. Yes. The, the, yes. the solving of the problem, that is, that is exactly how the A-grader thinks.
0: Well, did you quote Einstein earlier? I, I have another Einstein quote. He, he once said, I'm not smarter than everyone else. I just stay with problems longer. Mm. Again, solutions, solutions. Um, and I think looking back at that investment strategy, the three layers. It just comes back to investing in the right people. If you want to just really broaden that out and simplify it, is the investing in the right people. How those people exist in your organization activates the law of compounding. And when you've got the, the, that um, that three x investment, which is investing in leaders that are investing in teams that are investing in customers, that's when you see that just a just a complete um, exponential growth potentially. You know because you just are investing. Um, You've got three levels of investment in that asset. Now, you, as a stock investor, LL, you would have gone back in time. Maybe you don't do this because it's too painful. But you might go back and look at a stock and think, I invested a little bit. Imagine if I invested 10K there in that stock in, in that year. Imagine if I had have invested. If I knew what I knew now, I would have invested 100. Everything I had, I would have sold the house. <laughs> Oh, well,
1: that we is could. true and look that is a great unfortunately though hindsight is yes it, it's, it's great, dangerous. It's, great for, it's great for you know changing lanes but it's not particularly useful with regards to getting to where you've got to get to so um, you've lost look,
0: millions in hindsight um, hindsight re- evaluation. don't look, <laughs> don't look. Don't.
1: Don't look at don't and don't look at me in regards to that because I actually agree. If you had a sold everything and just put it all into the market all those years ago, Trent, absolutely you would have made a mozza. But yeah, what's up. happened in the past has happened. And you know, investors' lament is not something business owners want to focus on. It's about driving a vision, about moving forward, mm. getting that holy trinity of investment going. Holy shit! Um, holy you know, trinity. <laughs> That's my son's okay. name, Trinity. Uh, excellent. So, you know, getting those three elements of investment, getting the right people to invest in, uh, both from the leadership perspective, then from the staff perspective, and then the investment into your clients, and just keep that humming along. Keep investing. Keep investing. Keep it. investing. And then as you, and then as you'll find that that'll become a much, eventually, yes. the dollar amounts become larger, trend, but the principles are still the same. Yes. Whether you're analysing BHP, the largest stock on our stock exchange, or the corner hardware store, cash is still cash, expenses are still expenses, and you still get a profit that you pay tax, and then you get left what you can take home. It's exactly the same. Mm. Um, And therefore, you need to think about it the same way in regards to running your business, whether you're running a multinational or just a local store. It's about
0: that constant investment. Yeah, it's how. It's how. It doesn't, and that's that um, we, we probably should just highlight it's not just money. It, there's different okay. ways of investing time, energy, support, um, you know, giving your leaders runway and career pathways. Same with your tech. There's lots of different ways to invest. It's not just about giving them money. I think that we've got to just make that clear. But um, yeah, and giving a little bit back to them. You know, if your leaders are, are, ge- are generating you know, positive returns in different ways, give a little bit back to them. If your team are giving it, positive, generating positive returns in the way that you measure it, give it back to them. Same with your customers. Your customers are fantastic. They're profitable. They're ongoing. Give it back to them. You know, I think that is what we're talking about. If you do that well, yeah. the law of compounding takes over. Um, Elio, we talk about paying or investing. We are investing in A graders. We never pay them.
1: We never pay them.
0: But think about it the, it's the, the, the advent of technology, the proliferation of social media our impacts on our lifestyle thanks to COVID. We're, we're Zooming. We're, um, we're, we're becoming cyborgs. You know, we mm. are becoming robots, and which is not necessarily a bad thing, uh, but it's the decommissioning of the human, the human elements that we are mm. relying on in business and in sales that um, is a real challenge for a lot of organisations, I think, because, again, we're, we're, we're evolving so it's Moore's law, but we're accelerating much faster than that at the moment this investing back into customers, how do we do that when we're relying on robots?
1: Well, ultimately we're investing in our business, be it a robot or a human being. So that, that could be automation.
0: Decide, automation and technology be. is what we're talking about when it comes to robots. Why not say it's not, AI is not relevant to a lot of organizations yet, but we're talking about oh, the automation, blasting with emails, thinking that we're, we're talking to our customers when we're simply just blasting them emails we're missing, we're losing connection.
1: Well, from the leader's perspective, so if we go through our circle here, if we go through the leader's perspective, ultimately you make a decision to automate a process because it's an investment into something that will make the process better. You have options. Now, if you decide to invest in a process which is convoluted, complex, that no one can use and doesn't contribute to anything, then you are paying for IT. Whereas you can invest in IT that helps you make your process more efficient or helps your team succeed. So now we go to the next level. The team. How do they use uh, the internet? How do they use robots to provide them with insight, you
0: know, right. allowing
1: them to prepare can for we their make next their call.
0: Life easier. Can we make Correct. things so they can get customer facing?
1: So that they can invest more of their time, mm. which is the only finite resource we have. They can invest more of their time then into the next part of the value chain, which is their customer. Yes. What value is their customer if they're getting spanned with all these emails? That's not value adding. That's just paying for emails. Investing in emails is giving them unique insights, great information, and a reason well,
0: why you yes. can solve their problems. So investing is getting in front of customers. I was with a client recently, and we did this activity where we identified with the sales team the most valuable activity out Of all the activities they do day to day. And of course, it was FaceTime with customers. So some of their bet, even their better salespeople had percentages overall of time at 10 to 15%. Yeah. So 10% to 15% of their time, which is the most valuable, is spent at the call phase talking and engaging with customers, connecting, learning, you know, investing. And the rest of the time was spent in other activities that were, you know, sometimes cumbersome, tech related, admin, CRM, do it, double handling quotes, all that sort of stuff. So, you can see how the law of compounding is hard if you've got, you know, you're not investing in the right technology, um, but that's an investment in your team, is listening to your team. How do you help them be more efficient? How do you help them invest in customers? That's got to be the only question. How can I help my team invest more in my customers?
1: The beauty of an investment is that there's an outcome at the end. You've just described a scenario whereby an investment which yields the best return is only being spent 10% of the time on doing that just that whereas if the A grade leader can invest in a process that allows that A grade team to actually spend 30 40 maybe even 50% face time with customers mm-hmm. would well, then that in, investing in those customers then that will generate a larger return and then bring that back yes so this is, the idea. this is the paradigm shift. You never pay for IT. You don't pay to automate a process. You invest in that process. And by thinking that you're investing changes the thought because payment, you automatically think sunk cost. Mm-hmm. Investment, you think about return, future return. So if you shift this idea that you're paying for things and are actually investing, be it either dollars, time, effort, Human capital, whatever that, whatever you want to call, whatever you spend or put in there, is an investment which can be monitored, measured, and therefore everyone along the team held accountable. Um, and it just generates wonder. And it's the benefit of compounding. The more you invest, as you said, Trent, the better the returns. Provided, of course, you're investing in the right assets. And that's why you have to always have a constant if, monitoring uh, love process. It. Love,
0: in place. It. love it, Elio. You're an absolute genius. Great talking to you.
1: Uh, Absolute pleasure, Trent. You always inspire me. You're a good man.
0: See you on the next loop. Look forward to it. You are important. See you soon.
1: Trent is the managing director of Boom Sales, Australia's number one sales training and development company. If you'd like to accelerate your sales growth and profitability, go to boomsales.com.au.